1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Eye on Houston, Houston's community affairs program reflecting the concerns, needs, and events of our greater Houston communities.
2: Welcome to an Odyssey Mental Wellness Initiative. It's I'm Listening, because talk has the power to save lives. My name is Andy Riggs, and I'm very happy to be joined today by the Chief Medical Officer for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, Dr. Christine Moutier. Thank you for being with us this morning.
0: Thank you, Riggs, for having me on. I'm so excited to be here.
2: How do you feel the overall mental health state of America is? Like, how are we? I know we've had a lot of conversations about mental health, but are we improving with our mental health, do you feel like, overall?
0: You know, I feel like it, it of course, depends on who you talk to, and there are people who are struggling, absolutely. There are also a lot of people who have found new ways to thrive and cope because of the experiences of sort of being able to dialogue about it like never before. You know, some of the experiences might have been new or they might have been, you know, worsening of their pre-existing depression or anxiety, but... And I actually just had the opportunity to review the CDC's Household Pulse Survey, Mm -hmm. which has been throughout the pandemic, kind of taking the pulse of mental health experiences of like average Americans, all different demographics, geography, age groups. And um, it looks to me like there is a sort of steady state going on overall. But again, it really depends on who you talk to. And there are families, there are young people, there are middle aged people who are 100% struggling and again trying to access mental health care sometimes connecting with that and sometimes not being able to do that. so there's a, there's a lot of things going on for sure.
2: There's a lot of talk about mental health. We have celebrities speaking out we have athletes speaking out we have you know newscasters and media people speaking out. Do you think that's also helping with people to reach out for help?
0: Absolutely. Dialogue and disclosure about our true, authentic experiences as human beings, which includes our mental health. You know, remember, we all have mental health. Sometimes we're struggling. Some of us have mental health conditions, but we all have mental health. So talking about it and those examples, those role models and people who are doing that, I view it as um, having been someone who's done that myself over time. It's actually very freeing because what happens is other people connect with you and you have a sense of like your relationships deepen, you get to be freed up and much more authentic and receive support and and find new pathways. Otherwise, until that happens, there's a sort of a stuckness that can happen with our mental health.
2: What's a good way to get out of those ruts that a lot of us find ourselves in?
0: I think that is an awesome topic because when you are struggling, your brain is not working optimally. You are not feeling your best oftentimes we have our own sort of self sense of stigma that keeps us sort of stuck and keeps us silent. But what I would say is I would say to anybody who is struggling, think of one person that you view as a safe, trusted person person in your life, where you at least have a sense that that they're going to understand, or if not understand, just not judge. And I would start with that person. On the receiving end of things, there's some, there's some kind of lessons learned here as well. If someone in your life starts to kind of hint at stuff they're going through, they might just be in a way kind of testing you out to see if you are a person who can be supportive and trustworthy and handle a conversation where you actually show interest in wanting to learn more about what it is they're experiencing.
2: How should we respond on that receiving end? If we are the person that someone comes to,
0: I would say to the person, I'm so glad you trusted me to even be able to say what you're really going through. And I want you to know there's no judgment. And I want to learn more about what it is you're experiencing. And you can just stop right there and let them tell you more remember you you don't have to be their clinician their doctor their therapist you are whatever you are to them their sibling their friend their colleague and so your job is to respond like they had just told you imagine something else that um it would be very private but a a matter of health let's say that they're going through a new diagnosis of diabetes or cancer or something very serious you wouldn't you know run away from that you would say oh my goodness I'm so sorry you're going through that. How can I support you? Tell me more about what it is you're going through. I want to be a good friend to you.
2: Talk really does have the power to save lives. That's why we're here today. It's Odyssey's Mental Wellness Initiative. I'm listening and I'm here with Dr. Christine Moutier, the Chief Medical Officer for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Can we hit really quick on the the topic of asking someone about suicide? Because I think there's still a big myth out there that if you ask someone about suicide, you're going to plant the idea in their head. And that's just not true. And you know, in your research, can you tell us, can you talk to that point, please?
0: Yeah, there are several studies that actually show that that is not the case, that asking somebody if they're having thoughts of ending their life is actually, is a way to provide help and relief. I would say that it's important to ask the question, um, the, the way that I do it is linking up with something that the person has just told me. Usually, people, if you say, I really want to understand how you're doing and what's going on in your life, they'll tell you about the circumstances of their life, right? I'm going through this thing at my workplace, um, my marriage, I'm struggling, finances, breakup. You know, it'll be kind of Facts about circumstances, but the way that they explain it, their tone of voice, the words that they use will give you hints about whether they might be feeling like that they feel overwhelmed, maybe that they feel that they're a burden to others, like they might feel that they're trapped. All of those words or tone of voice are my entry to think, oh, my goodness, this person may be struggling to the point that they might be having thoughts of suicide. And the way I ask the question is I say, when you say and I literally repeat their phrase that they've just used, it makes me wonder if you're having thoughts of ending your life and you can just leave it right there. And I think asking it very directly like that is the best way to show that, number one, you can handle it. And number two, that there's no judgment and that you've stopped talking. So you're ready to listen. And that's, of course, the most important part.
2: Let's talk about the nine eight eight number that has just gone into place. A lot of people may not know about it, but previously we had a longer number. One eight hundred two seven three talk eight two five five. It was just a lot. And I think for a while we kind of advocated to get a shorter number, almost a nine one one for the brain. And that's what we have. What is nine eight eight? What does this mean?
0: 988 is the new three-digit number for any type of mental health or suicide-related crisis, and that includes substance abuse crisis as well. So really anything that is impacting the way you are thinking, feeling, functioning that may be related to stress, depression, anxiety, trauma, I mean, it is a wide open field. So and as you pointed out, it's not just the person who's struggling that can use this 988 number. It is the people in their lives, the people who are trying to help um, someone they're worried about can get a lot of guidance by calling 988. I want to make one point. 988 is like the 911 for the brain, for mental health, whereas 911 is being used for you know medical emergencies that are mostly physical health. The biggest difference that I think is important to realize is that 911 is a a really important resource in our nation. It is a dispatch center. So it's not that the person who is having chest pain, you know, is going to get medical treatment from the 911 operator, but with 988, the call itself is with a trained professional. And so there is an intervention. There's a therapeutic experience that happens just by calling 988. In the rare instance that that call needs to lead on to other referrals and other actions, that can happen too. But in the large majority of cases, 988 is the therapeutic experience.
2: this is for texting as well. I'm assuming, I've heard that you can text as well and it's kind of linked with the crisis text line.
0: Yes, you can call or text or chat uh, with 988 from any part of, of the United States.
2: What did your role at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention play in getting the 988 number to come to fruition this year?
0: I think we took a lead in the advocacy space um, at the national level and then in coalition with many other important organizations as well to, to really help Congress understand that mental health is, is critically important for our nation. It is the case that AFSP is not the organization that runs the Lifeline or 988. That is a colleague organization called Vibrant Emotional Health that does that. And a number of us in the space are able to advocate you know, for what the nation needs. So it is a really exciting time. And, and Again, it's not just that it's a more memorable three digit number, although that is important to treat mental health just like we do physical health. So 988 makes sense in light of 911, you know, for physical health emergencies. But it is also this incredible opportunity To really reimagine and transform our nation's crisis response system. And and I think with stigma going down, people are just more willing to get help now as well. But again, it's that there can be new funding sources now at the state level to build that infrastructure for a more appropriate, person-centered mental health professionals in lieu of a primary law enforcement response that was built out of, you know, sort of almost by happenstance in the past. We need to move away from that. We need trained mental health clinicians to be responding to mental health crises.
2: Right. The uh, 988 number, these numbers are routed locally first. You might understand they go to local call centers first, which whatever state you happen to be in, be it New York, California, Wisconsin, Indiana, Illinois, and then those numbers then overflow if someone in your, in your immediate state is not able to answer. How important is it to make sure that we get the funding that we need for this new 988 number?
0: It is essential. We see that the volume of calls have been going up over the last decade or so pre-launch of 988. So each crisis center at the county or state level is sort of funded in different ways, and we need to step it up as a nation. If we're really going to prioritize mental health, we are going to make it a priority and put the funding there that's required to hire and train the right number of staff, which which by the way, peer specialists can be a part of this response as well. Although through the 988 system, they are all professionals that, that you will speak with. Um, but, but I just wanna say that People with lived experience can also be be called upon and trained to be a really important part of what happens next in terms of a person's access to support and education and treatment and recovery.
2: Can we speak a little bit to the stigma that still exists around mental health and how someone may feel, well, if I call 988, I don't want the police to show up. I don't want to cause any trouble. I don't want to feel like I'm inconveniencing somebody a lot like what you would think if you reached out to a friend.
0: Yes. So I think it is the extremely rare instance that a call to the Lifeline or 988 now would result in in the police showing up. That is a rare event that is reserved for um, extreme situations where imminent risk to the person or others is is determined to be the case. So, you know, in terms of stigma, I think one of the biggest concerns is Who will find out? Where does this information go? Is it tracked? Will my employer know? Is my family going to know? And I think this is, this is sort of a two level issue. On the one hand, stigma is reducing and we are aiming for a time and a world to live in where mental health is treated exactly like physical health is. So there still might be privacy concerns. We still have matters of, you know, private health. But that when it comes to receiving care and being able to get support from your community, your family members, treatment, that stigma should not be in the way of that. But I think the additional key piece when you are the one who's struggling, your brain is playing tricks on you. You are not thinking as clearly as you do in your usual state of health. And so you are thinking, I'm weak, I'm going to get in trouble you know, all these sort of extreme sort of, you know, always, never, um, my life will be over, I won't be able to work, um, you know, really extreme and, and mostly very untrue beliefs will be going through a person's mind. And so I only point that out because you may be surprised if you're thinking, I can't call 988, or I can't seek mental health care because of whatever, what my family will think, what my colleagues will think. I just want to point out that most likely your own thought process may be the biggest barrier in the way. And you'll find out by just taking that step of calling how much help and relief and support is out there. And in the vast majority of cases, there's just no negative that comes from it. It's like, if you were having chest pain or you're having some other- phys- physical health problem, when you reach out for help, that's the start of treatment, recovery, support, and healing and it's the same thing for mental health
2: and nine eight eight the number is now live, and also the suicide prevention lifeline number will still li- it will still work it'll still direct to that one 273 talk so know that both of those numbers are now active. And up and ready for you to use right now. Dr. Christine Moutier, the Chief Medical Officer for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Thank you so much for being part of our very important mental health, mental wellness initiative here at Odyssey. I'm listening. Talk really does have the power to save lives. We appreciate the work you do with us with Odyssey and all the work you do with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention.